Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. From the Berkshires to the Sound, from wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now, here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 76, Rob Parker. Welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, Rob Parker. What a great show we have for you today. Hall of Fame right-hander Greg Maddox. That's right. He stops by the podcast. Also, we'll catch up with Mets radio play-by-play announcer Howie Rose, the hot streaking Mets. We'll get his insight. That plus foul affair. Let's go. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball. Number one. Dodgers first baseman Freddie Freeman has done it again for the second game in three days. He's paid back his former team, the Atlanta Braves, with a home run. On Wednesday, he had a two-run shot. Monday, he had a home run. Those are his only two home runs of the season. He is batting three thirty-three for the Dodgers, but I'm sure it felt good to do it against his former team where he won a World Series a year ago before leaving for a six-year, $162 million deal with Los Angeles. And, of course, he is a California native and grew up in suburban Los Angeles, so uh, it's a a trip back home for him. But I'm sure it had to be a little sweet to get those uh, long balls at Dodger Stadium and against his former team. Number two. Speaking of the Dodgers and the NL West – You know, the Dodgers have this star-studded lineup and roster, four former MVPs on the roster, but the early going says that it's not a runaway. 
The Dodgers are off to a good start. Nine wins in their first 12 games, including a 6-1 and one mark after their victory on Wednesday against the Atlanta Braves. But they're not running away from anybody. Look at the NL West coming into Wednesday. The Rockies were 8-3, and three, off to a great start. The Giants, 7-4. and four. And the Padres, without Fernando Tatis, 8-5. and five. They have eight wins. The Dodgers have only one more going into uh, Wednesday night. The Dodgers had an afternoon game. But uh, the NL West so far looks like it could be a, uh, a fight, a race, and not a runaway for the Dodgers, at least through the first 12 or so games. This will be interesting to see how this plays out and if the Padres can just hang in until Fernando Tatis uh, gets off the uh, injured list. Number three. Don't look now, but the Oakland A's who are headed to uh, Las Vegas, I guess, right? That's all the talk. They're 7-5. and five. Coming into Wednesday, they led the AL West, had a 2-0 record at home, even though Tuesday night, if you saw the highlights and you saw the home crowd, it looked like a USFL game. There were about 3,000 people in that cavernous ballpark in Oakland. And, you know, you got to feel like baseball is allowing this to happen so they could kind of legitimize the move from Oakland to Las Vegas. The A's basically stripped their roster, traded all their good players away, and are in rebuild mode so no one's expecting them to do much. And then when people don't show up to the ballpark and they decide and make the announcement that they're going to move, most people will just accept it. It's sad to see because that's a proud organization. Before all the analytics and Billy Bean, this franchise won championships. And the Oakland A's were a great, great baseball franchise back in the 70s and whatnot. It is sad to see where it is, but there we go. Oakland, I mean, it's just a matter of time before they head to Vegas. Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn. Oh, it's so good. All right, now let's welcome in Hall of Fame right-hander Greg Maddox. He joins us here on the podcast. Greg, how you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Tell us about Greg first. You guys have a uh, golf tournament coming up at the uh, Club Core Classic uh, April 22nd to 24th. you got some big-time celebrities and uh, PGA Tour legends. Tell us about it. Well, it's going to be two celebrities and one senior player, and they're going to have their tournament. We'll have our tournament. And uh, uh, for us, it's like fantasy golf. You know, when you see the fantasy baseball, when the guys go out there and, and you know, the spring training and play with the pros, it's kind of like that for us. So we, we, we get an opportunity to watch the people we grew up watching and uh, have a chance to play with them. I know, like, John Daly's going to be there for one and, you know, a ton of other guys. It sounds great, like a great time. All right, let's get to some baseball. Greg, the Braves won the World Series last year, which was pretty incredible, your former team. Uh, what did you think of that? You know, they lost two of their best players during midseason and uh, pulled it together and won. How amazing was that to you? It was pretty cool. You know, it brought back a lot of memories. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go back to Atlanta to one of the games. I haven't been back there, I think, since Chipper got inducted or something like that. But, uh, uh, you know, just took a lot of pride in it. 
the mindset was kind of the same as back when we had it in the nineties. And, uh, it's just real cool to see. I, uh, knew a lot of the coaches and just very proud of them. Glad for the city, happy for all my neighbors in Atlanta. Greg, you pitched and uh, won four Cy Youngs and you lived off the plate. Talk about how the game has changed now and watching guys pitch. Do you think uh, you would like to pitch in this era or not? I tell you what, I'd love to get the high strike they're getting now. That's for <laughs> sure. You know, I think uh, uh, I'm sure I would like to have pitched in this era because I, I loved pitching back in my era. So, uh, you know, we got a little bit more vertical. They get a little bit more horizontal, you know, it's kind of what I see. And, uh, uh, you know, that high strike stuff to get on top of and tough to hit. How, how about the idea of with all the analytics, you know, baseball's changed. They, they don't frown on guys striking out anymore. Greg, when you played, you know, that was taboo to strike out as many times as guys do now. And it's a home yeah, run or yeah. a strikeout. I mean, that that's, appetizing for a pitcher isn't it yeah you know that's kind of where the game has changed a little bit at least offensively you know i think uh uh teams want their guys to go ahead and try to hit the ball over the fence as opposed to put it in play with two strikes and put pressure on the defense so uh you know there are guys don't seem to have the two strike approach these days that they had you know 20 years ago so uh you know as a pitcher i think that's something you just have to adapt to you know, I think we had plenty of hitters that had real good two-strike approaches and some that didn't. And I think, you know, guys were trying to take you deep back <laughs> back in the day, too. But with two strikes, they did seem to shorten up a little bit. Our guest is four-time Cy Young Award winner Greg Maddox joining us here on Inside the Parker. Uh, how about the game changing with possibly uh, electronics with a catcher and pitcher will, you know, swap signs with a keyboard on the pitcher's forearm, maybe robot yeah. umpires. Are you with that? Is this a little bit too much? I know the Astros cheated and people are mad, yeah. but it seems like it's extreme to me, Greg. Yeah, I think, I think that, you know, as far as the pitcher and catcher, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of all for that. You know, I think it'll really speed the game up. I think it'll be a good thing for the pace of play. I know I went to a college game last week and the catcher was wearing something like that and he was getting pitches from the dugout. So that really sped, really sped the college game up a lot. And, uh, you know, as far as the robot umpires go, you know, I liked having the umpires, you know, I, I didn't mind having a different strike zone every five days. You know, we learned, we learned the umpire strike zone, you know, it took a couple innings, but, uh, for the most part, a strike was a strike and a ball was a ball, but, you know, Bobby Cox, you know, I was lucky enough to play for him. He led the world in injections and, you <laughs> know, sure I think did. you start getting that stuff. We're going to lose that, you know, that fun part of the game to see the manager go out there and get kicked out. No doubt. And how about the DH, the universal DH this season? For the first time since the 1800s, National League pitchers won't hit. I mean, you played in the National League. You used to swing the bat. How about that? Is that good for the game or bad for the game? Well, it's good for the, you know, the 16 or 18 DHs in the National League. You know, I think it's good for those guys. But, uh, 
you know, I loved hitting. I loved running the bases. I loved being a baseball player. I didn't, you know, I didn't really consider myself a pitcher. I considered myself a baseball player. And I guess if you have the DH, then you're just a pitcher. So, uh, you know, I love seeing the pitchers hit. I know I'd rather face a pitcher than a, you know, DH hitting 350 with 40 home runs. <laughs> no doubt about that as well. And last yeah. thing, in Atlanta, you guys won like 14 out of 15 divisions in a row or something like that. And you guys had three Hall of Fame pitchers on that staff. Of course, uh, John Smoltz, yourself, Tom Glavin. But you only had one World Series. When you think back to that dominance you guys had, do you feel like you left some meat on the bone and you probably should have won maybe three or four championships during that stretch? Well, we could have very easily. You know, I'm pretty proud of the 14 straight division titles. Uh, it would have been nice to have won some more World Series, but uh, we did win one. We had a ton of success. And, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to feel sorry for yourself. You know, it's, you know, we got to the playoffs every year. You know, we lost, I think, nine out of the 10 years I went. But that, that 95 World Series is definitely the highlight of my uh, stay in Atlanta. All right, his name, Greg Maddox, the Hall of Fame pitcher. Greg, we appreciate you again. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's time for the Pocket Protector Central. The analytic numbers you need to know, well, maybe. Anthony Masterson is his name. BS Analytics is his game. What do you got for me, Anthony? There's been a lot of consternation the past few seasons about the baseball. Not the sport, but the ball itself. Is it juiced? Is it dry? Is it heavy? Does it fly? Well, with the new collective bargaining agreement in place, there's something new going on in baseball this year. All the baseballs will be stored in humidors in all 30 parks. It used to just be the thin air of Denver and Coors Field with the humidor, but now it's universal for better or worse. Now, what does that mean for offense? Well, Early returns are very pro-pitcher. Looking back over previous Aprils, the 8.3 combined runs per game are the lowest since 2012. The home run rate of one dinger every 34.2 at-bats is the highest since 2015. And the 689 league OPS is the lowest for an April since 1992. Hell, even the Rockies lead the league in bullpen ERA through 10 games. Now, statistician Tony Adams ran the April home run rates of venues that had humidors last year, 10 of them, compared to the new places with humidors this year. Last year, the venues without humidors had home run rates just under 5%. This year, with humidors in place, the home run rate at those ballparks is under 4%. It may not seem like much, but that's a huge difference even in a small sample size. Now, it can be a combination of everything. Shortened spring training, a standardized rosin bag, maybe multiple variations of baseballs like there have been in past seasons. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Either way, it's going to be a learning curve for everyone involved. Turn money into more money. Now it's time for Betting on the Bases with Dave Gascon. Love that money. Love that money. Rob, we are rocking and rolling into the weekend, and I got my eyes set on a big series down in San Diego. National League West, divisional matchup, Dodgers and Padres. Game number one is going to be on Friday night. Julio Rios 
and Nick Martinez in that pitching matchup. This is probably the series that uh, many people will think will go a long way in the National League, not just the National League West, but the National League, in fact, with the Dodgers and the Padres. High aspirations for the Padres just because of their starting rotation and where they've been in recent years on the move. And the Dodgers obviously have gotten off to another banner start. I'm going to take the under in this one between Urias and Martinez, under in this one for game number one. Outside of that, I have to go back to Cincinnati and St. Louis just because of Hunter Green. I saw him last week against the Dodgers. His fastball was cruising right around 101, 102. I'm going to take him as a slight underdog against the St. Louis Cardinals. Reds are brutal this season, but I'll back Hunter Green in this matchup. The other one that I do like takes place in D.C. between the Nationals and the San Francisco Giants. Patrick Corbin versus Alex Wood in that pitching matchup. I'm going to take the Giants in this one. They've got off to another strong start, much like they did in 2021. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday... Each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. 
listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. That ball is. It was a big week in the big leagues. Who's up? Who's up? I don't believe it. My, oh my. Is it foul or is it fair? And now, from MLBBro.com, here's J.R. Gamble. We've seen several pitchers throughout the history of baseball add a certain pitch to their repertoire and become all-stars almost overnight. J.R., is it foul or is it fair to say that pitchers are still trying to invent new ways to get batters out, even if they're only pitching a couple of innings? Fair. It's a fair ball. First, we have the knuckleball going back to guys like Hoyt Wilhelm, Phil Necro and the like. The pitch was so slow and unhittable at times and allows pitchers to have long careers, throwing no faster than 60 miles per hour. Then came the split finger fastball, and we saw how that transformed the careers of average pitchers such as Mike Scott of the Houston Astros, the 1986 National League Cy Young winner, and Willie Hernandez, Guillermo, who used the splitter to win a Cy Young and an MVP in the same season as a closer in 1984 for the world champion Detroit Tigers. Then they started using this sticky stuff. And it seems all the best pitchers had some substance that MLB most recently determined boost performances and banned. But now we've identified a new pitch that's been sweeping through baseball called the sweeper. It's like a traditional slider with more horizontal break. They sweep laterally more than traditional sliders as well. Corey Kluber, who won two Cy Young Awards with Cleveland, used it before it was clearly defined. They just called it a wicked-ass breaking ball. You Darvish has been killing hitters in both leagues with it since he came up from Japan. The sweepers given MLB batters the creepers, and it's the latest super pitch in MLB. Always expand your repertoire. When Rob was a newspaper columnist, he lived by this motto. If I'm writing... I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer or broadcaster, old or new. Now let's welcome into the podcast one of my favorite people, somebody I've known a long time, long time Mets radio play-by-play announcer, Howie Rose. Howie, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Rob. How are you, old friend? Doing great. Not as good as the New York Metropolitans, I'll tell you that. <laughs> my goodness, what a start. And coming into Wednesday night, 9-3, and three, Howie, after the first 12 games, how have the Mets done it? Well, you know, don't forget, this is a team, or at least the Mets were an organization that, uh, as a team, were in first place for, you know, half season last year, if not a little bit longer. But there's a whole different feel to it this year, Rob, even without Jacob DeGrom. And a lot of that centers around Buck Showalter. I don't think the Mets ever had such a slam-dunk hire as a manager, uh, perhaps going all the way back to Gil Hodges. I mean, this was an absolute no-brainer for the Mets. You know, they're a, a somewhat older team uh, as far as, uh, you know, the other 29 clubs and their average age is concerned. But it's a hungry team, and it's a manager who's always a step or two or an inning or two ahead that's made them the formidable group they've been for the first couple of weeks. 
Here's the thing that's strange, Howie, is without Jacob DeGrom, the Mets have the best ERA through the first 10 games of a season since the the, uh, ERA became an official stat in 1913. I mean, what? Yeah, they're starters. Yeah, they're starting pitchers, right. And and I think that that's, you know, a tribute to the work that uh, Carlos Carrasco has done to rebuild his strength after all that he's been through the last few years. He's been terrific first couple of times out. Tyler McGill was able to hang in uh, after a, a rough inning or two against the Giants earlier in the series, and he's been really good. Max Scherzer has been Max Scherzer. And so, you know, you look at what the Mets are, and, you know, where would they be without Chris Bassett, too? You know, that was a tremendous deal they were able to pull off to pad the starting rotation at the very least and, you know, give them another real quality guy they could plug in with DeGrom and Scherzer when everybody's healthy, hopefully. Now, Howie, the Mets finish up a four-game series against the Giants today, but Tuesday night was a doubleheader. They rally from 4-1 to one, uh, in the first game, and then Scherzer is outstanding in the nightcap. Uh, this was like a little measuring stick. I know it's early, but the Giants are a formidable team. They won the NL West a year ago. Uh, this was a good series for the Mets, right, to see where they are. Yeah, you know, particularly because they played Washington, and that's not a very good team. They beat, and I know Washington's off to a little bit better start than people might have expected, but um, they're not going to have a very good year. The Arizona Diamondbacks are not a very good ball club, and the Mets have played some games against both of those teams. So clearly, there was uh, a measuring stick that they needed above and beyond those opponents. Uh, they they took two out of three from the Phillies, which is fine, uh, and and. Yeah, I agree with you that the Giants, you know, they won 107 games last year. They're not quite the same team, you know, with Posey retiring and, and Bryant moving on to the Rockies. A little bit different looking team. Probably won't hit the number of home runs they did last year, but they're still a very good team. So this series has been uh, a bit of a litmus test for the Mets. Our guest is Howie Rose, longtime radio play-by-play man. Uh, for the New York Mets. I, I used to go on Howie's show uh, back when I first started, Howie, in 1986, 87, when I was at the Daily News in New York and I was covering the New Jersey Nets. Is that unbelievable how long ago that was? Well, we were just teen. You know, we were teenagers. We were precocious yes. kids. <laughs> you know, no doubt. Look at it that way. We haven't hey, really aged. No, not at all. But let me ask you, the one guy who got off to a bad start in New York, Francisco Lindor, you know, the shortstop, got the big money, the big contract. But this year, Howie coming into Wednesday, batting 310, three home runs, four doubles, nine RBI in the first 12 games, and getting big hits. Uh, Tuesday night in the uh, comeback win, he's down 0-2 in the count and goes the other way with a big hit in the 10th inning to help to win the game. What do you see different from Lindor this year from last? You know, if I just were to look at his countenance and watch him move, I wouldn't think there's anything different. But I think he understands a little bit more about what New York is like. As you well know, it's a different animal. And there's a reason you don't get $341 million to play in Cleveland. You know, you you earn it in a much different fashion in New York. And he was a little more sensitive, I think, last year than we might have expected. And, and yet he was very forthright about it. You know, he would talk a month into the season when he was sitting under 200 about how he hated being 
booed by the fans, which, you know, to me is, is an interesting revelation because a lot of players would pretend not to hear it or say it doesn't bother him, but he admitted that it did. And I think that it took him a while to understand something that I know I've told a lot of players over the years, and that is it's not personal unless you make it personal. And at times last year, especially with that thumbs down thing that he and Baez and Kevin Pillar did. I was at that game. I was there. I remember that and thought to myself, what are they doing, Howie? Yeah, yeah, that was that was not a good look. But I think that that he probably used the offseason to to really sort of revel in some introspection, you know, and just accept the fact that. You know, last year was a challenge. He had a newborn. He and his wife were, you know, acclimating themselves to having uh, an expanding family, never mind living in a new city, never mind learning new teammates in a new league and all that. So there was a lot on his plate last year, but he looks like everything has settled in real well this year. And he doesn't have to be the lone voice in that clubhouse either. This is a veteran team with several guys, and especially those they imported over the offseason via free agency. There are leaders in that clubhouse now everywhere you look. That burden isn't on Francisco's shoulders the way I think it was last year, and that's a big difference. Howie, last thing. To me, it was a bit of a controversy, maybe not for some other people. I I love the Tom Seaver statue. I think it captured Tom Seaver. It's beautiful. It's outside of City Field. But I did think the Mets made a mistake or dropped the ball by having Tom Seaver's big day on Jackie Robinson Day. And I get it that it originally was supposed to be opening day, and because of the lockout, everything changed. But I just thought it took away from both guys. Like Everybody in the major leagues, Howie was wearing number 42 on April 15th. And I thought Tom Seaver is so great, Tom Terrific, Hall of Famer, the best player the Mets have ever had. He should have had a separate day where we could look at him and embrace him and not be a sidebar to Jackie Robinson Day. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, you're never wrong to believe something, but you're not the only one who felt that way. And let me just give you the backstory because yep. I think this will probably satisfy what you're, what you're curious about. Um, the Mets gave the Seaver family the option to change to a different day because they had that very same concern. As you mentioned, the idea was to do it on opening day, which was supposed to have been March 31st. And that's when Nancy and their daughters wanted it to be done opening day when there would be a big crowd, hopefully great weather, which we had. So they were given the choice and very enthusiastically, and I cannot emphasize this enough, Nancy, Sarah, and Ann very enthusiastically signed off on doing it the same day that we honor Jackie Robinson because of the fact, and I can vouch for this, because I work with Tom, I knew Tom, I'd spent time away from the broadcast booth uh, talking to him about all things baseball. He revered Jackie Robinson, and the family felt very strongly that Tom would love the fact that he was being honored on the same day that one of the all-time American icons, never mind baseball icons, was being honored. So I understand your feelings because many of us around here had the very same curiosity, and that's why we went right to the Sieber family and said, hey, what do you think? And they could not have been any more enthusiastic in their response. Let's do it opening day. Tom would love to be uh, sharing the stage, so to speak, with Jackie Robinson. And I can tell you, Rob, in, in complete honesty, 
that it, it was just a magical day. And anyone who was around the ballpark that day would agree. It was all about Seaver pregame. And obviously the family uh, threw out a couple of first pitches. And then Jackie Robinson was not shortchanged at all. In fact, I mentioned Jackie in the speech that I gave. Uh, I mentioned how Tom loved Jackie and understood what he represented to the game. So I think if you spoke to people who were here, uh, they would say that it could not have worked out any better, and that includes the Seaver family, who were 100% behind doing it the way it was done. His name is Howie Rose, one of the best in the business, great voice, great friend, Mets longtime radio broadcaster. Hey, Howie, thank you so much for joining the podcast. My pleasure, Rob. Be well. Now bring in the closer. Track one. Track two. Strike three. Here's why MLB is better than the NFL or NBA. And it isn't even close. Here's reason 955 why baseball's better than the NBA and the NFL. And it has to do with fans and milestones. Miguel Cabrera entered Wednesday's action four hits away from the exclusive 3,000-hit club. You remember last year when he was chasing the uh, Immortal 500 home runs and fans flocked Comerica Park hoping to get a glimpse of history being made in a milestone. And, of course, he wound up not getting that 500 home run in Detroit. It was in Toronto but Tiger fans are hoping that they'll get a chance to see Cabrera um, get to 3,000 hits and uh, would make him the 33rd member uh, all-time in that exclusive club. And he's also trying to do something else, which would be the seventh player in the history of baseball to reach 500 home runs and 3,000 hits. That is a magical, magical number. So, that's what baseball fans have to look forward to, going to the ballpark and seeing moments like that. I don't think numbers matter nearly as much in the NBA and NFL. Baseball is still about numbers. In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker, out. He can't get it. This could be an inside to Parker. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. 
hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday already a know. podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.